whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Today we're here with uh, Sum 41's Derek Wibley. We're very happy to have you here. Cool. You yes, just you just stepped uh, off the plane like one hour ago, mm -hmm. and uh, are you jet lagged already, or is it uh, fine? Uh, well, we've been in Europe for a while, um, but we had to get up pretty early to come out and fly here. So I just haven't really slept yet much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not jet lagged, but I am tired. So you're announcing a new record, mm -hmm. um, which is going to be called Order in Decline. Yes. Um, it's going to be out on July 19th, right? Yep. So with this record, you're looking back to uh, 23 years of bad history of some 41. Which bad is history? Bad history. Oh, no. they said bad history. <laughs> it's a bad, Jeez. bad history. It's been a pretty good time, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's look back. Let's take a little look back on, on the time. How was it? 23 years. <laughs> Quite um, impressive. It goes by very quick. It doesn't feel like 23 years. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I never really think about it till you know, you bring it up, but... Uh, It seems like a long time, but, uh, you know, it also seems like we just started the band. Like, it seems like we just kind of got out of high school. I think uh, our mentality is, uh, I don't think maturity-wise, we've grown much since then. You haven't? <laughs> I doubt it. You and your bandmates, you're still kind of like the high school kids you were in six, I, uh, 96? I think so. Yeah, I think that this, with this kind of, I think most people do. I think once you get to a certain age, you kind of stay the same. I mean, sure, you have different... Um, perspectives and different priorities in life but you kind of are the same person you know but hasn't anything changed well lots of stuff has changed yeah <laughs> i mean like i said like our priorities change and things in life change but you kind of stay the same person yeah. throughout it i mean i find that we have anyway and looking back on those 23 years uh what was what do you say um the most stupid thing you might experienced uh Oh, with your band <laughs> some uh, accidents or uh, i don't know i mean there's been lots of stupid things i guess we've done partying and and getting into trouble and being arrested and doing all sorts of stuff but arrested for what just you know dumb things um i remember one time we were trying to break into uh the concert venue that we were playing we got there a night early and we saw where it was and we wanted to go check out the stage and security came and grabbed us um it was probably like four in the morning we didn't think anyone was there but mm -hmm. uh you know it was an outdoor thing we we're just trying to hop the fence over to go see the stage and we got tackled by security and we ended up getting this big fight and then some damage happened to a parked car that was there and then the police showed up and then i went to jail and cohen went to the hospital and That escalated quickly? Yeah, very quickly. And then we had to play the show the next day, too. But you got out of jail in, in time. We did, yeah. It cost a little bit of money, I heard, too. Like 5,000 <laughs> euros. I got out. Cohn was in the hospital. He got stitches. And so then, so uh, telling the security, like, hey, we're in the band, didn't help No, not at all. At all. No. <laughs> no, and it was also the security for the venue, too. So the next day when we played the show, all the security there were pretty against us. Um, because they knew about the fight that had happened before, and they took it as like that we were trying to, you know, fight yeah. their them. So they didn't. They weren't very happy being the security at our show the next day. But in the end, everything was all right, and and the gig was cool. Yeah, it was actually a really good show. Yeah, that's uh, you know the very least <laughs> 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 to to accomplish. Um, so uh, since 
since the beginning and, and since you, the rise of your popularity, how did your audience change? You being the, the high school kids at first and everybody listening to you. I was a high school kid or, you know, when mm -hmm. I, when I you know, first heard your band. And how is that now uh, during gigs? Uh, I think it's a it's surprisingly the audience doesn't look much different. There's still a lot of high school uh, kids at the show. But I would say it's a mixture of like some older people, but uh, a lot of younger people as well. I'd say it probably ranges from like around 17, 16, 17 to about 35, hmm. you know, the age group. And uh, what does it feel like to, um, you know, gradually become older, just like your audience? I don't know. We don't really think about it. We just go out and play music. I just don't think about it. Uh, that's the best to do, I <laughs> suppose. Um, so let's talk about uh, your new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, in the video to your uh, single, A Death in the Family, uh, you were on some kind of time travel. Mm -hmm. um, why 1969? Why 50 years back? <laughs> why exactly 50 years? Um, I don't know who was the one who came up with that year or that reason, um, but it just was what it was. Uh, And we just went with it. You thought, no real deep meaning behind the video. Okay, just that's what you're looking for. <laughs> a cool era and yeah, it's just the you know 50 years difference. Okay, because it's a I nice thought, number. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I thought well uh, that kind of flower power hippie thing mm -hmm. doesn't you know suit you. <laughs> kind of, if well, you know I mean, we're... if we're being accurate, I mean, it all kind of died in this in '69 anyway, yeah. so. I don't yeah. know if it was really that flower powery anymore by 69. But, you know, it like I said, it was just a number. <laughs> did you like dressing up the in this kind of mod fashion? Uh yeah, I did actually. It was kind of fun. I actually just wore those pants yesterday just to wear. <laughs> those, were just, those were just my pants. <laughs> you got to keep all the 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 clothing. No, I brought that. That was all my stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh I don't know who wore um th some kind of fur coat. Was... <laughs> that was cone. It, it is yeah, actually yeah. his. No, no, or no. did he buy that? No, no, no. That was that was brought in for the video. My clothes were the only ones that were my own. Everything else was brought in. Okay, so you got some kind of sixties vibe, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I, when I bought those those clothes I, and those pants, I didn't think that they were sixties at all, <laughs> but they just seemed to work. It works totally. Um, if you look at the record like completely, um, it's way m more hard. I think it's mm -hmm. way rougher than what he did before. Um, Is that some kind of way of dealing with anger management? <laughs> uh, probably by accident. It probably is because I don't really think about it. But um, I'm sure that letting all that stuff out in music probably helps me some way, you know, down the road. What did you put out there? Um, your lyrics are quite deep on this one. Um, so as, uh, what did go on in your mind? Um, like feeling, okay, I got to write this down now. Um, I don't. The way I write music is that I just sort of just do it. You know, I don't really think about it. And I think that's probably the way it is for a lot of people. But um, I usually don't know what I'm writing about until it's all kind of finished. And then I sort of read it back and find out what I was saying. Sometimes I'm confused mm -hmm. by where these emotions are coming from or these topics come from. I don't know. They're just words to me. But word there like occasions when you finished text or or the lyrics and realize wow um maybe this is this is too deep this is too much to um like make publicly yeah in some ways i mean i would i find sometimes that 
when I get halfway through a song and I start to realize what I'm writing, sometimes it's not what I feel like I want to put out there or I even care to mm. think about or talk about. Um, but I find in the past, if I try to stop the process or change the process or you know try to write different words, it never works for me. It always starts like sounding... Uh, confused to me and it doesn't make any sense and there's no attachment to it and I just don't sing the words well. It just kind of falls apart. How did you get it to that point where it doesn't fall apart anymore? I just let it happen. I just, it, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I don't really have a say in the matter. It's like whatever comes out, that's it. And it's best not to fight it. Okay. So, so is it that you kind of revisit your lyrics and, and like, polish it or is it like a one-way go uh write down just what comes from the top of your head it's and, usually pretty and quick it, it's good or it's not and you scrap it or i usually just allow the words to come out and then when they sort of stop or it dries up for a second uh then i walk away from it sometimes i have a whole song sometimes i have half and i'll just come back to it later if it's not finished but usually when i'm actually coming up with words that part's relatively quickly you know Is there a certain topic that kind of goes through throughout the record you deal with? I don't know. I mean, I guess somewhat. I mean, there's there's a lot of just kind of I, I write as an observer in a way or just like kind of I, what's going on in my life or what's going on around me um, or things that I just sort of witness in a way. And I guess for traveling the world on the last record, um, it just kind of gave me a perspective of Wherever we went, it seemed like every country we went to kind of had their own version of chaos, you know, and it was for different reasons, but it was all kind of around the same things. A lot of division, a lot of anger, a lot of chaos, a lot of hatred, and just very similar problems, but different people. Um, you know, there's the rise of the right that just, there's this, this, you know, there's like a line, you know, and it's like, it seems like most people are not willing to listen to the other side regardless of which mm. side it is. And it's usually for a few different reasons, wherever you go, but it was kind of everywhere we went. So I just found that kind of interesting. And I, I would say if there's any sort of theme on the record, it's just sort of the way I feel, my own frustrations of my anger of, or uh, of things that I've had to sort of deal with, you know, living in the U.S., you know, we have Donald mm. Trump. Um, and so those themes sort of kind of come in and out of the record, I would say. It's not all throughout the whole record but there's a common theme it's probably that which is where the title of the album comes from order and decline it just yeah. kind of seemed like everywhere we went order was in decline uh, that's one of uh, what i wanted to go in detail uh with because um could you maybe like explain especially for you know german listeners uh, <laughs> who might not understand english that well um like what does that exactly mean and what does it mean to you like order in decline. It just seems like everywhere we went, it was kind of chaos. Like things were, all the norms were falling apart. Uh, anything, and I know they're not, but they're being tested in a way, like a lot mm. of the institutions and stuff like that. And the way things were are definitely changing, and, and change is good. Um, it feels like there's a, a sense of like, well, we just want to like blow up the system and just who cares what happens, just complete anarchy <laughs> in, in a way. And You know, it's – I don't know if there's much thought of where this all goes. You know, it's very for the moment it feels like. Like, let's just change everything. Well, where are we going? Well, we don't know. Who cares? Let's just blow it all up. Yeah. But you said you were – or you're kind of frustrated. Frustrated mm -hmm. by what exactly? 
Oh, well, I mean, if you ever tune into um, any kind of – I mean, every single day in the U.S., you kind of tune in to find out what the daily chaos is coming from the Trump administration. So, I mean, that's a daily thing. I can tell you, well, it, it changes every day. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so you've become more political. Not necessarily. Or, or have you been, like, political from the very beginning anyway? Well, I think we've always sort of, as as people, have always um, paid attention to things. I mean, and musically, we've addressed things. But, I mean, we were pretty against George Bush. We were against the Iraq War. We wrote music about it back then. We were a part of um, Rock Against Bush with uh, that was started by Fat Mike from No Effects, and it was a compilation. There was, there was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on in those days. And we sort of, I guess when it sort of died down because the chaos kind of died down in a way um, mm. for a while. I mean, you know, and now it just seems like it's back and it's worse than ever. So you, you're pretty much dealing with society, you're saying. Sure. Um, also, uh, for for you personally, like this is very, very intimate, what you're writing on there. Well, I don't right. think uh, what I was going to say, like, I don't think this record is a political record yeah. because I'm not really speaking about specifics and i'm not really trying to say let's you know trying to change the world it's not a rage against the machine record it's more just it's a personal record to me in in every way um because it's just sort of my feelings in a way of about things Mm. i think it's i think i'm just talking about myself more than anything else would you say this is the most intimate the most personal record you made so far no i would say they're all the most personal all intimate because they're always I always write the same way it's always about myself it just it just depends on what is interesting to other people at that time in my life sometimes what's going on in my life may not be that interesting I don't know never there uh, on on the record mm-hmm. um, it kind of stings out because it's it's the most calm uh, mellow song mm-hmm. so to say um, and it's in my opinion it's the most emotional where does that come from what is <laughs> what is that about well the song uh is about a few different things but it, mostly it's about how uh i mean i've never met my father um he was he left before i was born and i've never really thought about him too much mostly because my mom was a great single mother and we had such a great relationship that i just never really had to think about him but if i did sit down and think about him and what that relationship means to me or what it is i found it kind of strange and kind of funny that we have this one thing that we share because him and i don't know each other and we've lived this life having this missing piece and that's we know how that feels we like i know how he feels even though i've never met him and he probably knows how i feel You know, mm. and I, th- I found that that was kind of interesting. So that's what the song's about. Was there a certain feeling you had while writing this one in comparison to the others on the record? Because this is the most intimate, I think. Uh, like I said, to me, it's not the most intimate because they're all intimate. Um, it's just how they translate to other okay. people. So no, I didn't. I didn't feel different. I didn't feel like I really. I didn't think this song was going to go on the record. It wasn't written for the record. It was just a song. I mean, I always write songs that, and sometimes they just don't necessarily fit. And I thought, well, this is probably one of those songs. I don't know what I'll do with it. And it only made it on the record because our manager heard it. And he thought that it was stupid that I wasn't putting it on the record. And um, I said to him, like, well, it just doesn't seem like it fits on this record because the record is a little bit heavier and this seems a little out of place. And his comment was, well, it's 
one of the most heaviest songs you've ever written, just in a completely different way. So once he said that, it sort of made sense to me that maybe this does belong on this record. Maybe it's a nice break from everything else. As you mentioned, the break, kind of because I think this is like the roughest record, um, you know, my very first impression, you know, being a high school kid and whatever, and my very first tries to ride a BMX bike mm -hmm. <laughs> and never trying that again. And... <laughs> Your music kind of was like summer, summer break, high school kind of mm -hmm. bad relation thing. Um, like, is that time over? <laughs> I think that time was long over about 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really done that kind of sound, you know, since the early 2000s. I And guess. you're never going to go back there. Well, I don't know. I, probably, I, I don't think about that. I wouldn't say that we never would. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that, you know, I just don't really think about it. But the music just kind of comes out. Yeah. But in that per uh, perspective, kind of, you did change, didn't you? Because at first you were saying, like, you're still that kind of high school mm -hmm. guy, but grown up a little bit. But Well, things do change, like I said. I mean, yeah. but as people, I mean, there's still... See, the way I look at our records is every record is, has changed. Every single one of them, they all sound different from each other. They're all yeah. kind of their own thing, but they all sound like some 41. There's something that's constant through all of them. I don't know what it is, but it's just because it's us, I guess. You know, there there is a certain spirit and a certain core that doesn't change as in us as people and in the music as well. I would suppose there there's got to be some kind of certain bond between you guys, especially you know with you putting out those lyrics in front of them and presenting those lyrics in front of them, right? Again, it's one of those things I don't think about. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We don't ever talk about the music, really. We just do it. You know, we don't ever think about it, discuss it, talk about what we want to do next time. It just is what it is. It just happens. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And up next, there's quite a big tour happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think you've got quite a massive tour planned in the U.S. and Canada. Things are being planned, yeah, as we speak. I mean, we're, we we start when we go back. Yeah, we've got we're going to stay in North America probably for the rest of this year, and then in the new year and beyond. I don't know how long it'll go, but we'll be the whole world tour. It's called the No Personal Space Tour, right? That's what we just did. We just finished that. that. You just did that? Yeah, what, before we came Why here. No Personal Space? The No Personal Space Because was... The, the places are going to be so crowded and packed, so... They were, and they were really <laughs> small. Yeah. It, yeah. It, was an in, it was an intentionally, like, tiny little club tour. Yeah. Of, like, 200 people awesome. a night. And it was packed, and nobody could move. And uh, But people really did a good job at moving quite a bit, Um Because it was it was kind of crazy every night. In what uh, aspect? Like it was hot well, and, and sweat was uh, dropping off the ceiling? Or? <laughs> well, it, it just turned into a giant mosh pit. You know, it was like a 200-person mosh pit in a tiny little room that felt like somebody's living room. So it was, it was kind of crazy. Do you prefer like those kind of club gigs or a stadium? I like everything. It's fun to play everything. Sometimes you want to do something small. Anything... You just never want to do the same thing over and over and over again. That's when yeah. it starts to get boring. So it's fun to do different kinds of things. Like we just did a bunch of festivals. That was great. Um, and then we're going to go do some bigger venues in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. Those will be fun. You know, it's just different stuff. In 23 years of band history, how how do you keep things from not getting boring? Because, you know, even though you kind of switch 
up those those kind of club gigs tours or stadium mm -hmm. tours or whatever, you know, there, there's got to be some kind of routine, right? Um, so how do you break that? How do you mix things up in your in your band? I don't know. Uh, I mean, we just love what we do, so it's not we're not really looking to to we're not getting bored out there. We kind of like the routine of what we do. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like I said, we play different kinds of shows and different kinds of venues all the time. And it's, I mean, when you're playing the same songs every night, even though they are the same songs every night, every night has its own thing. You know, it feels different every mm. time. Do you have something already planned for Germany? Are you guys coming here? Well, like I said, in, you know in the new year, we're, that's being worked on right now. And I think probably, I know we're aiming for January, February to come over here, but I don't necessarily book the tours, <laughs> so I don't know what's where we're going and what's happening, but that's the time that we're trying to come here. But we're looking forward to that. Cool, yeah. I'm going to go just very quickly to private life, then, okay. all right? Because if you look up, um, if you search like, oh, for you sure. on half Google... Half of it's fake and half of it's real, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you still find photos um, and pictures of you and Avril Lavigne, of course. Um, mm -hmm. So um, did you hear, like, the conspiracy theories that she actually passed away, like, a long time ago and that she yeah, yeah, was... Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard about exchange? it. Exchange? Like, can you clear that up for us? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm amazed that anyone would uh, take that seriously. So it's kind of like uh, the, the theories of Paul McCartney um, on the photo of yeah, Abbey yeah. Road yeah, because, because one no of his socks on. was missing. And yeah, he's clearly got to be dead because he's not wearing any yeah, shoes yeah. or socks. It's Yeah, I think it's but, about as ridiculous as that. But where, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> See, you, you were researching it. What did you find? I don't know. Kind of nothing. It yeah. just popped up like yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> But, you know, uh, Avril, she's a musician, and mm -hmm. uh, now Ari, Ariana Cooper, she's a model. Like, what's – is there a kind of difference in, in those relationships um, with you being a musician? Does it does it help in a, in a relationship to being, like, able to talk about the crazy stuff in music business? Or is it kind of nice to, to not talk about it at some point? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't really think about it. You know, it's just uh, – I, I don't think, you know, from what they, anyone has to do for a living matters, you know, if we get along personally or not, you know. But does it make a difference, like, um, for for a relationship, um, what the occupation of the other is? <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, you either work together or you don't. You got a huge collector's ambition, I think. Um, you collecting RC planes? <laughs> no, I do or, not. I do not collect them. Um, or you, I, you fly them. At least. I have flown them. I probably haven't flown one in about seven years. But uh, how come? Because you crashed your last one. <laughs> I do. Cr I, ha I have crashed them. It's uh, it's not necessarily something that I do often. But uh, I have flown some remote control planes, and they were pretty fun. Uh, but I'm not that good at it or that active at it. Any accidents happened? Um, yeah, I mean, we would crash them quite a bit. I mean, they, they've crashed into houses and some cars and stuff like that. I think the thing is, like, I would fly them just what? around my neighborhood where I, you're not really supposed to do that. You're supposed to take them to a park and do that kind of stuff, but I don't want to do that. I just wanted to ask, where did you fly with those planes? Like in Sometimes I'll go sit up on the top, top of the hills or yeah. somewhere. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Well, at one point, the reason why I started doing that was because a friend of mine was really into it. And I used to live um, up in the hills in uh, on this canyon. So my backyard was just miles of canyon. So he said, you know, we got to fly through this canyon because it's just all this open space. So we did. But then that kind of got boring. And then I moved a couple of times and we kept flying. So I'd just like go up to the roof of my house and sit up there with my friend. And we would fly planes through the neighborhood. And sometimes you end up hitting other people's houses. And Like was there some kind of person we know uh, like whose house you're hit? Kind of like did you fly into Jack Nicholson's backyard or? <laughs> no, no. But I mean you never know who it was because I, I was living up in the hills at the time. And uh You're surrounded by a lot of rich and famous people. So I probably hit somebody. I don't know. It was so far away. I don't know whose house it was. But there were no lawsuits against you? No, because I think they were probably pretty confused <laughs> finding this you know, big plane hitting their house, not knowing <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> kind of reminds me of some Grand Theft Auto mission. <laughs> and you're collecting guitars. Um, see, that obviously. would be more, yeah, I would say collect uh, equipment. Yeah. And not, not only guitars, but equipment as well, like yeah, yeah, pedal, yeah, yeah, like stuff and, well, like microphones and things yeah. like that. Um, I mean, I have a studio, so I'm always yeah. looking for sure some old gear. And you got your signature, uh, the Telecaster. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of meaning has the Telecaster for you? It's a great guitar. It's one of the the great guitars ever made. You know, but you're not playing that exclusively, like no, I right? play lots so of different guitars. You, you got quite a lot of less Pauls as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but how how did that get to happen that you you kind of like the Telecaster guy? It was mostly because um, I was playing Les Pauls on stage for a while, and uh, I found them to be really heavy. And then I switched to an SG, uh, but it didn't really suit me very well. I didn't like the way it played on stage. And then, um, you know, I was looking for something else, and I decided to try out a, a Telecaster because um, they're a little bit smaller and... Uh, I had one already that was really light, and I liked the way that felt. So um, I just started trying them out, and then eventually it became kind of my go-to guitar for a while. In the studio, I mean, I play everything. But live, the tellies have been working for me, although I've recently pulled out an old guitar that I used to play all the time, which is a, called a Gibson Marauder. It's kind of a – it's not a rare guitar, but it was only around for a couple years. They made a bunch of them, and they're not actually very good – Mm -hmm. uh, or they weren't very good, but um, for some reason they kind of work for me. What would you think? Why? Well, I mean, I do a couple things to to change them up a bit. I change the pickups in them and do a couple things just to kind of make them a little bit better of a guitar than they originally were. And it ends up kind of having a bit of an old school SG sound, so it kind of works for what I do. Did you use it on the new record? I did not. I've only started pulling it out recently on tour. Ah, all right. Anyway, we're looking forward to your new record, cool. uh, which is coming out on July 19th, Order in Decline. Yes. And we're looking very much forward to to having you here again in Germany when you're going to be touring. We're excited to come back. Thank awesome. you very much for being here. Cool. Thank you. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.